matter what it is that you're offering, people are exchanging money in return for a result, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. So whatever you're, whatever you're selling, whatever they're buying, they're buying what you're selling only to get the result that having it will get for them. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, Dean, thanks for being on the, on the call today. I really appreciate it, buddy. Oh, it's all very exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've been hearing you talk more and more about uh, this idea of compelling versus convincing in, yeah. your, in your marketing. This is in, mm-hmm. in typical Dean Jackson fashion. Uh, oh, there's a URL waiting to happen. I'm going to go grab that as soon as the call's over. Dean Jackson fashion. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, this is not something that, you know, I love that, that you, you I've probably first started hearing about this a couple of years ago, and you, it just keeps getting more and more defined, right? Because uh, mm. I know you're seeing it more and more places. And having the privilege of hearing you talk about it again recently at, at John Carlton's mastermind. Uh, so we ran a survey uh, to the list in asking them about their offers and what they struggle with in getting their offers up live and selling. And, yeah. and so much of it brought to mind what you talk about. So I'm just going to read a, a couple of the random responses here. And then I'd love to hear your, your ideas and what it reminds you okay. of that you've been saying. Okay. So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to offers slash conversions? Uh, a clear, irresistible message that communicates value without lowering my prices or making special offers every time. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting getting them to open their wallets. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, closing hard on the call. Uh, wording my offers effectively. Uh, sales closing language. Uh, you know, is what pushing hard enough for the sale without slipping into obnoxious. Right, so there's this yeah. sort of vibe here. Well, well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. I mean, I noticed the pattern right yeah, away. Here's yeah. the pattern of it: is all of those can be summarized as how can I get people to do what I want them to do? Right. How can I convince them to buy my stuff? Right. That's really the that's really the bottom line of it all. Yeah. And that when when you really think about it, I think that there's so many things that all come into, into play here. And it's, uh, as an observer of it in my own life, we're completely self-absorbed. You know, everybody is completely and only interested in our own self advantage Mm -hmm. and our own self interest. And so the, you know, I think Zig Ziglar is who said you can get anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. Mm. And most people uh, buy into that sort of philosophically, but they don't really buy into it logistically because the logistics of the wording 
of the way that phrase works is that getting what you want is subsequent to getting what they want, you know, mm-hmm. it's saying, uh, and so we always do that. Yeah, 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 I, I, totally. Yeah. I want to give me the money and I'll help you get what you want. Right. <laughs> That's really the way that, that people uh, kind of glass over that, you know? And so I've really been such um, a student of what makes um what makes people move, you know, what, what is it that, how do we set things up so that, um, it's on its own momentum. And, you know, a long time ago, I read a a thing about, um, mice and about why, uh, we use mice in all these scientific studies because their brains basically, um, mirror the, the fundamental way that our brains work. You know, we're still at the, at the bottom. We're still completely genetically hard-coded to seek pleasure, avoid pain, conserve energy. That's really the three things that are completely wired in, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I started thinking about that, you know, if you think about a mouse and you think about the, what, uh, you know, it's a pretty simple life because they don't, they're not burdened with that whole prefrontal cortex and all this, you know, cognitive thinking ability that we have to analyze things. They're basically, um, you know, I say the, the, the prime directives of a mouse are to get cheese and avoid cats. And that pretty much sums it up for the mouse, you know? And, when, when you really think about that, you see it in action, you know, and, and so getting cheese is really the good stuff, right? It's, metaphorically, it's the thing that we seek, the thing that we want, our self-interest, the pleasure. And you, I, I look at it in, in terms of the way that, that mice work, you know, it's like we don't, you don't have to convince a mouse to try some cheese, you know, they're, they're hardwired to seek it out. And if there's some cheese on the other side of a three inch wooden door, they're going (laughs) to chew their way through it to get to it. But as soon as they sense a cat, they're going to immediately run away, you know? And so that is really the same thing with our, um, with the way we interact with people, you know, they, they perceive us as the cat, you know, they perceive the thing that they want is the cheese. And so I, you know, kind of, you know, have been saying that, um, you know, the main job is to add more cheese and less whiskers in the way that we approach people. Right. And right. if you can, get to a point, if we back it up from all the way, the whole exchange, the commerce exchange, the core unit, no matter what it is that you're offering, people are exchanging money in return for a result, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. So whatever you're, whatever you're selling, whatever they're buying, they're buying what you're selling only to get the result that having it will get for them. And that result can be anything from 
losing weight, feeling sexier, do whatever the, all our, our drives are, you know, whatever, um, getting more money, whatever it is, once you're in tune with what the actual result is, it's never about the, the, um, the logistics or the, um, yeah. the mechanics of what you're doing. Most people get, how can I get people to buy my course right. or to take my class? or to come to my seminar or to buy my book or whatever it is. It doesn't, that's incidental to what the result is going to be. Hmm. And so if you're, you know, uh, if you focus on the result, that brings clarity. You know, you have to be crystal clear on what is the result that somebody's going to get. What is the result that I'm delivering? And, um, that brings into um, clarity the what's going to actually motivate people to uh, to do it, you know. Right. And I think a lot of times people you you can't mask the fact that you have a weak result delivery mechanism um, with good marketing. There's no no amount of of words that can disguise that you know you just need to get better at uh that's kind of like the baseline to entry is getting better at defining and articulating the result that people are going to get right. for uh you know for having interacted with you so uh, i think one of the things that messes people up a little bit on this is they say well what about a time frame right so mm -hmm. if I have a seminar coming up or, you know, I decide to hold a class and I've only got a two week window to sell it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, how how much compelling and, you know, giving a value can I do in or before I present the offer? Oh, and that's a great question is that your lack of preparing or building enough of a relationship with somebody that they know the value of coming to your seminar um, is really, uh, you need to kind of do that in advance. You can't jam it into a two week period just because you didn't take the time one year and two weeks ago to start preparing. But, but right? I need the that's money not, now. That's <laughs> not your, exactly that your lack of preparing and adding value and building your reputation and doing all of those things uh, is not, you know, that that's of no consequence to mm. the person that you're trying to, deliver the result for, you know? Right. Um, but, but all that said, mm -hmm. there's still, you still want to, um, take an approach for identifying baby steps as to, you know, kind of like, um, subsets, you know, it, it's like, so I do a lot of events like that, you know, sort of with 30 days notice and, Hey, I'm coming to London or I'm going to Toronto or here in Orlando, whatever. Mm -hmm. I start with the only thing that I want to know is first of all, are people interested in doing something like that? Mm -hmm. You know? So I never start out and say, Hey, you know, I think people, this is where I get into this whole idea of 
compelling versus convincing. And most people, the mistake that I see the most often is that they're trying to front end load the convincing. Hmm. They're leading with the convincing, but they're not, you know, leading with the compelling. So if you're, if, if we look at it as somebody sitting in the seat at the day of the seminar starting as the bullseye, that that's, that's what you're starting. That's where the ultimate um, win is Mm -hmm. that the people who are willing to do that are on the broadest level, a subset of all the people you have access to who know you right now, if you take the outermost ring of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the outermost ring is anybody who you have access to that, that knows who you are. Now you can, the compelling is about identifying where in the process you are in that, um, with that group of people. So if you, the people who are going to pay money and come and sit in a seat at a seminar are the people who they would be a subset of the people who might be interested in coming to a seminar with you. Right? So I never start out when I'm, I'm doing an event saying, announcing this event and doing the big fanfare and here's the dates and here's the registration link and here's the, uh, you know, all, all this stuff. Here's what you're going to get all the convincing up front. You better hurry. Seats are limited. All that kind of stuff trying to convince people. I, I just, I want to start out and just find out. Let's narrow the field a little bit. And let's see who might be interested mm. in coming to an event like that. So I might say, hey, Kevin, I'm doing a small group uh, mastermind in Orlando next month. Would you like to join us? Just that. Mm-hmm. No other information, right? Just mm-hmm. getting a, a short personal expecting a reply message out that will narrow the field. Now, if you're going to cold list that that's to people who know me, right? And if you're that, that's the best thing got to realize are, are you looking to visible prospects or invisible prospects, right? If you're trying to pull people out of the, out of the woodwork, right? Then you've got to take a different sort of approach, right? And so um, I always look for what's the outermost ring of interest. If you look at, if we take that kind of like um, lean startup kind of approach of the minimum viable product, well, let, let's transfer that to is what's the minimum viable commitment mm-hmm. <laughs> that somebody could make, right? Yeah. And so what's the thing that would start the ball rolling, you know? So especially if it's a expensive and complex type of sale to explain to people, um, let's start with uh, finding people who are interested in something. So I'm a big fan of using things like books and guides and things that are just by their nature going to identify somebody as having an interest in a topic. Right. So um, 
perfect example, uh, Luba Winter, who you know, mm-hmm. has a, a, a device that helps with adult acne helps, you know, with, uh, it's got the red and the blue led lights and galvanic and ultrasonic waves, but it's a $900 device. that's very difficult to sort of explain to somebody what it does, but it helps tremendously people with acne. So rather than try and do advertising that convinces people that they should buy this $900 device that they've never heard of, because it will help them is let's start with identifying people who have the problem that it can solve. So we did a book called the adult acne cure Mm. and now you advertise instead of advertising the device, advertising the book and then people will, uh, they raise their hand and now you are engaged You've got a name and an email address. You've turned an invisible prospect into a visible prospect. Mm -hmm. And once you've got a visible prospect, you can continue now to engage with them to find out all about them. You know, what's, how often do you get breakout is a great question to ask somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and, and so the mechanics of that, if you're turning, um, invisible prospects indivisible uh, there's one example of using a a book um that the person who's your ideal prospect would would definitely want that book um we've used lots of examples of this people uh, a party rental company um who does all the supplies and tables and linens and dishes and out you know tents and uh, all the stuff that you would need for an outdoor event. When we were talking, I asked them what their, their highest ticket things are, and it would be a full outdoor wedding is like the jackpot for a party rental company, mm-hmm. right? And so, but choosing your table and dishes and stuff, uh, you know, that's pretty low on the list of things that somebody who's planning a wedding is going to get excited about at first. Right. So they kind of that they wait, 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 wait until now we need to, um, you know, get the, who's going to do the uh, party rental stuff, but how can somebody like that get in front of their ideal clients? So, Forget about your own self-interest. What are they interested in? Mm. What is somebody who's interested in having a wedding? So we did a guide to 100 great places to have an outdoor wedding in Toronto mm. and put together that as, the, uh, as a lead generator. And that, when somebody asks for it, now you've got somebody who's in the early stages of planning an outdoor wedding. That's your ideal client, right? Right. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, you've heard me use a lot of the examples of, of this, but, um, you know, I'll give you one more of yeah. doing a, a guy who does uh, branding and packaging and social media for hockey players. Um, you know, trying to convince people that they need to do branding and social media and, and all this stuff um, at, for their uh, hockey playing kid. Well, it, 
only it makes sense if you understand what their real motivation is. Their real motivation is in, in Canada, if, if you want to be in the NHL, the best thing that can happen to you is that you're born in Ontario, which is where a, all the hockey players come from, right? right? So the parents invest a ton of money in their kids playing elite hockey and, and um, thousands of dollars because they know that the NHL is a viable career path. Mm. Everybody, there's, there's guys who've played on the teams that these kids are playing on now that have made it to the NHL. And they comfort themselves knowing that plan B, the worst case scenario, is that they'll get a college scholarship to a U.S. Uh, to a US college right. or a hockey scholarship. So knowing that, Focus on what's compelling, what's the self-interest, what's the thing that's going to make people feel like they've stumbled on a gold mine. If you're planning an outdoor wedding, finding a book called 100 Great Places to Have an Outdoor Wedding is a gold mine. If you've got adult acne, finding a book called The Adult Acne Cure is a gold mine. If you're an aspiring hockey player, finding the 2015-16 directory to U.S. hockey scholarships mm. is a, is a gold mine now, but when they get that book, when they get the guide to the U.S. hockey scholarship programs, the first question that that's going to bring up now is, well, now what do I do? So now they're ready to hear how to make your kids stand out mm. among all the other people that are competing for these hockey scholarships, you know? Yeah, great. That's brilliant. It's brilliant, Dean. I just love that, that simple idea of looking at the, the the biggest amount of people that you have access to and then just drilling down with the simple, the famous nine-word email. It And you know, every time yeah. I send one of those, it blows my mind. Uh, everybody I know who has any size list who's ever sent one just can't believe it. Uh, it's like you say. Oh, I mean, the big temptation is, is that it? Are you sure? What if I oh, say well, this? Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have to fight? Do you have to, like, <laughs> wrestle their arms away from the keyboard to stop them from <laughs> typing more? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, I've seen it happen again and again. Uh, I'm sure. You had to do it for me over the phone, and you were very patient. Yeah. I, I was amazed at my own resistance to something so simple and elegant. And when, yeah. when you do it right, it's it's. I've never had anybody not, you know, go, wow. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, and so, and then the idea, so this is incredibly important to, to what we're talking about. What we're seeing in the survey, uh, this idea of, you know, invisible and visible prospects, right? Because mm -hmm. you could say, you know, because I think what happens is a lot of people work in theory, right? They, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you said, they're, they're just thinking about what they want. They go, oh, if I can put together a $47 ebook uh, yeah, surely people will want it. And I bet I could sell uh, a hundred of and them. They start a, doing the math. They start doing yeah. the math, and and so now they have this plan because it's a it's, it's a it's a foregone conclusion that those things are going to happen, right? In, in, right. I in, mean, it, that's it. And they, you know, but they start they start um, handcuffing themselves to because of that logistics thinking, they start handcuffing themselves to, you know, a $47 mechanism 
when really the potential you know for the actual result could be forty seven hundred dollars you know right right and so if you're focused on the result that you're able to get for people it's got to start with that that's what's compelling yeah is where people have an insatiable appetite for getting the result they want yeah no fantastic and then you gave three great examples you know yeah so the result people want is no more acne the result they want is a beautiful outdoor wedding the result they want as uh consolation is a, a scholarship and mm-hmm. so when you understand what they're thinking is the result, it, it's just so simple to get in front of them something that they're compelled to discover. Yeah. They really can't resist. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Let's, um, do you have a few more minutes? I do. I got all the time. You oh, need. man. You're the best. I really appreciate this. You know what I'd love to do? Let's just riff for a minute and, and take an okay. example. Okay. Let's okay, just let's yeah. just let's see if we can make one up on the fly. I don't even have, I didn't mean to do this, so I, I don't have a great example. But let's just say, um, uh, let's say you you are a an arborist, right? And okay. your best gig is taking down uh, a giant oak tree. And, okay. And so I have people come through. I have a giant oak tree that needs to come down. So I have people yeah. r- routinely knock on my door. Uh, mm-hmm. and they, if I didn't see the truck out there, I think they were there to, to, to rob me <laughs> and, and they say, Hey, Hey, you want, you want us to cut down your tree? Well, it'll, you know, we can have it gone in three hours and it'll be 500 bucks. Right. And right. So, and so that's, they're trying to convince me that I should get that tree, have them cut down that tree because lucky me, right. they're, they're in the neighborhood anyway. So let's yeah. let's say now what's the smart way if I'm an arborist to to do to do it to do it uh, in a in a compelling well, way. Well, that that's the perfect example. And just in you recounting that tale, is you you have zero pain and urgency attached to that tree mm-hmm. being removed right now. So you're not in you're not compelled to have that tree removed right now. Right. Right. At some point, what's going to happen to make that a reality for you? I mean, what's going to happen is it's going to fall or one of the branches is going to fall or, uh, you know, what would compel you to to do it? What's your motivation? You know, and I think that the, the challenge is that people try and think, how can I convince Kevin to get that tree removed right now when you're probably, um, you know, it's not, it's not compelling to you right now, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. But knowing that at some point that tree, one of those limbs is going to fall and it's going to be uh, a problem for you. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that there's a big, it's like, uh, you know, dead tree removal, uh, you know, mm. is, is going to be a thing that will surface when it becomes some kind of um, pain and urgency around it. I'll give you an example. So I, one of the very first things I did online was wrote a book called stop your divorce. And 
you know, wrote this in 1998 with a marriage counselor and very carefully chose the word stop your divorce over improve your relationship, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it's exactly the same thing. That dead tree in your yard is metaphorically similar to a dead relationship that's just there. It's not hurting anything right now. It's on my list. I know I'm going to have to do something about it. But the moment that one of the spouses says, that's it, I've had it, I want a divorce, now they're spring into action. Same as one of, as soon as one of those limbs falls down on your car or your house or one of your kids, Mm. you're immediately now you've moved into pain and urgency and you're going to um, be there, you know? So if that guy, did they offer any sort of um, thought that it would be okay if you didn't want to do it right now (laughs) and that they're going to, keep in touch with you. And then whenever <laughs> the time comes and they maybe, you know, staple a, uh, a sticker or a side or some form of the phone number on the tree for you. So that as soon as that tree falls, you know where to reach them. Uh, no, in fact they didn't. It, it was more like, what are you crazy? You're never going to get this price again. And we're here now we've got, we've yeah. got gas in the chainsaws. What's your problem? Yeah. Right, exactly. And you're not, it would be the same thing as a marriage counselor saying, hey, you know, your relationship's in trouble. Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you motivated to uh, let me help you with that right now? It's not, you know, it's like, you know, you're walking on thin ice, but as soon as that ice gives away, it's on top of your to-do list. And that's human nature. Mm-hmm. That's just human nature in every regard. We never do what we don't have to do right now because we are hardwired to seek pleasure, avoid pain, conserve energy. Conserve energy means I don't need to do it if I don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. So yeah. appreciate that. And so if, if I'm listening to this and I say, okay, this is great, but I, I, I'm really starting from zero and I don't have an audience yet. Uh, I know what I can help people with. I know the pain I can solve for them. Uh, mm-hmm. How do I go about investing in compelling over time, building that trust, giving that value? Like yeah. what's, what's step one of that? So get, get the result. I mean, get, get, first of all, define the result that you are able to achieve, right? What's the result that you can help somebody get if it's more money or getting rid of a pain or getting rid of their problem tree once it's really become a problem? Um, all of those things, fi- figure out what it is that you could do to get a result for somebody. And what is that result? What, what, are you so good at doing? What result are you so certain that you could get for somebody that you would be willing to put your money on the line, right? What result can you get so certainly for somebody that you would be willing to um, enter into a situation where they only pay you if they get the result? And I'm just talking about that philosophically. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that people need to articulate that. If you can get to that point where you can articulate that, 
the highest paid people in um, in most situations are earning because of a result that they're able to get. You know, I mean, you look at um, trial attorneys, you look at real estate agents, you look at things where it's the result comes and then they take a um, you know a fee based on the result. Right. That if you can you know kind of focus that way. Um, it's, it's a pretty amazing thought shift, you know, is what's the result that you're so certain in that you would be able to say, let me get you the result and you pay me when you get the result, you know, even if you just say that silently to yourself, that is, that's a clarifying question because if you're not that certain about it, you know, then that's going to be, you know, if you're not convinced yourself (laughs) enough that you can get the result that then you're running into problems to convince other people, you know, sometimes even just saying those words is enough to convince other people because, well, he wouldn't say that if he wasn't convinced of it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Great stuff, Dean. Really appreciate it. Um, I, so I'm going to go off topic here for a minute. Anything to add to that before before we move away? No, I think that's really, I mean, um, you know, that thinking of just getting crystal clear on what the result is and price your price it based on what the, um, on how you're able to get the result. Don't always start with what's the very best thing that I could do. What's the most amount of this result I could get for somebody? What's the, um, you know, sort of, um, if they would just get out of the way, Mm. what am I capable of for them rather than trying to meter out this fire hydrant worth Mm -hmm. of result that you could get for somebody through this garden hose of a $47 product, you know? (laughs) Right, right. And those always are garden hose products too. It's like yeah, here's exactly. everything. And now yeah. here's more if you want it, and it's twice as expensive. <laughs> yeah, and my magic funnel. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, okay, so I wanted to ask you is I was listening to uh, an interview the other day with uh, I think Joe just made this public uh, with uh, Peter Diamandis in in uh, Tony. Uh, Robin, yeah. and you are there, of course, and and you have a relationship with both these guys. And I, I'm just compelled to ask because I know you, and I know what a just an amazingly cool, mellow, unassuming guy you are. Um, but w- when you're around a guy like Tony Robbins, uh, just let me do a little stargazing here. Like, what's going okay. on? What's the, What's going on with that? Because when I, when, I mean, every time that guy speaks you feel it, mm. you know, it's, there's just an energy, an energy coming out of that guy that is, yeah. is beyond human. And, you know, yeah. I, I had the privilege to meet and perform for Michael Jordan once. And it was a similar thing where you're going, this is not a normal human yeah. being. And yes, I've met Michael Jordan too. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They have this, this aura, right? This energy. What, yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> and can, well, and, you know, is there any way to, to guide yourself to a place where, where that becomes a part of you? Well, I think that you just, Tony Robbins 
is exactly like you would expect Tony Robbins to be when you're hanging out with him. Mm. He's exactly that. He's fully present. He's, he's fully authentic. He's interested. He's interesting. Um, you know, just the sweetest, gentlest guy. I mean, he really is uh, a delight, you know, and that's, um, one of the things that was really like the genesis of, of me shifting to focus about, um, results like this was actually in the very, the first time that we had Tony Robbins on, on, I love marketing. He was, um, we always would ask people, you know, when did you fall in love with marketing? And his answer was really very interesting. He said, well, I never really liked, uh, love marketing, mm. but I love people and I love getting results for people. So I focused on that. Mm. And it struck me when he said that, that, you know, how Peter Drucker has said very famously that there, you know, the only two things that matter in business are marketing and innovation and everything else is an expense. Right. Mm. And I've always taken comfort in the fact that at least we're in that equation because we're in marketing, you know, and I always discounted innovation because I was thought about that as a um, inventing and, and a technical thing, you know, but when you really break it down, you know, innovation is really about getting better at getting a result for somebody. Mm. And so that's why now I, you always start with the innovation, always start with being able to fully get to the best of your ability, better than anybody in the marketplace, the result that your clients are looking for. And, you know, even I, I just have so many, there's been so many like drip, 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 so many layers of these nuggets that have all kind of, built up this idea. Richard Branson um, um, asked him what the, um, um, you know, is the key to marketing kind of thing. How do you get that out? And he, he said that the first thing is that you've got to have a product or service that you want to scream from the mountaintops about. Mm. You know, and if you don't have that, that's mm -hmm. where you got to start is yeah. you got to get so good and so contagious mm -hmm. about your ability to get that result. Then you start with one person, right? Get because the first time you do something, you, you don't know for sure. So you test your hypothesis, right? You make sure that you can actually get the result and start documenting it and sharing that. And that's going to lead to more and more people who see the results that you're getting, um, who are going to want to get that result for themselves. And then you can go on and start creating uh, products and, and right. training. Then the marketing becomes so much easier. You've got to get to a point where their desire for the result is what's going to drive things forward and your confidence in your ability to deliver the result is going to temper the urgency that you have to try and convince them to give you the money, you know? Mm. Wow. 
Dean Jackson, you're, you're a great man, you're a great friend, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.